You're listening to Happy Herps. Disclaimer, I am not a professional. Everything that you hear in my episodes comes from personal experience and personal research. If you question anything, please go research it. Please, even if you don't question anything, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. And if I am wrong, please feel free to point out that I am wrong because I am always still learning. Even though a lot of the information that I have found is current, it may not be accurate. So please, please, please always do your research and let me know if you find a discrepancy in what I'm saying. Thank you. So for this episode, I'm going to go ahead and tell you a little bit more about myself and why I decided to start keeping reptiles, especially snakes. I have had bearded dragons in the past, so I have kept them as well, but mostly snakes. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit why I decided to start with ball pythons in particular. And I currently have one of my ball pythons with me today. She is currently trying to go over the back of my chair. Her name is Banana. She is a brand new ball python that I I got, I want to say probably a few weeks ago, I was told when I got her that she was going to need a little bit more handling. And I mean, yeah, she's puffy, but I'm handling her just fine right now. And this will tie in later when I decide to explain why I decided to get ball pythons. But anyway, so about myself, I was originally terrified of snakes. Any snake didn't matter. It scared the living bejesus out of me. So growing up, my dad wasn't a snake fan. My mom was kind of indifferent. My grandmother was terrified of snakes. She always had to have my grandfather come and get rid of them, quote unquote. And I'm not talking take them away to another part of the air, you know, wherever we are and release it. I'm talking gone. So when I was very little, we ran across a snake. I did not remember what kind it was, but it didn't, now that I'm thinking about it, it didn't look like a dangerous type of snake. And my grandmother, of course, freaked out, could not get me up the stairs to the house had to call my grandfather. Grandfather took it away. Pretty sure grandfather killed it. And from that day forward, I learned to be terrified of snakes because my grandmother was terrified of snakes. And so anytime anybody had one out, I automatically assumed they were dangerous. I automatically assumed they were slimy. Yes, I thought snakes were slimy uh, and that they were terrible, terrible creatures that you must be afraid of and you must run away from and you must never ever touch or hold because they will bite you and they will hurt you and they're venomous you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. I was a child, so this shouldn't be too surprising, especially when I've lived with a family that, for all intents and purposes, was terrified of snakes. Anyway, I didn't have my first real interaction with snakes until I was in high school, and I held my first ball python, and it was a baby. It wasn't a very large snake, and I felt a little more comfortable with that, actually, that my, you know, my introduction was to a baby snake, and I let it wrap itself around my wrist, and I was hooked. And this is coming, you know, from someone that was terrified of snakes pretty much all of her life. And then I was like, okay, well, obviously they aren't as scary as everybody's making them out to be, specifically this ball python. Now there are dangerous types of snakes that you need to handle with a lot of care, obviously. Uh, You're talking your vipers and there's even green tree pythons, I think, that aren't exactly the most friendly, even though those aren't venomous and you do want to treat them with care. However, ball pythons have a more calm demeanor than most of those, and so I was thinking, oh, this isn't a dangerous snake at all. Like, it's 
totally chill. It's just sitting on my wrist. No big deal, right? I was like, okay, so I want to learn more about these creatures. So I started doing my own research online. I started talking to people who had owned the snakes for a while. And I decided that I wanted one of my own. However, living at home and having a father who absolutely does not like snakes, that was not an option. So it, I didn't actually own my first ball python until I moved out to my mother's house. I want to say when I was 19, at the end of the age of 19, and into my 20th year of being on this earth, and I got my first ball python. Now, I bought my first ball python from a pet store, and I know at the time I didn't know that it wasn't always a good idea to get them from pet stores because you don't always know where they're coming from. They probably got them fairly cheap. They're not always in the best of health, and I didn't know all of this. I just knew pet store has ball python. I want ball python. I'm going to buy it from the pet store. So I did, and it lived... <sighs> a very short life. It eventually passed away. I don't know if it had internal parasites. I know when I got it, it seemed pretty healthy. And of course, being a first time snake owner, I didn't know what to look for. And then one day I woke up and it was just dead. It was eating, so I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And I was devastated, of course, because I just got it and I was worried that I was being a terrible keeper. And it, it was just an awful moment for me. So I did a little more research and I had found out later that it was possible that it wasn't in the best of health when I got it to begin with and that it could have had um, some parasites or it just again like it just wasn't wasn't a healthy snake and I was like all right so I'm not gonna let that deter me I'm gonna do a lot more research and I'm gonna get my next snake from a breeder well as I started going to reptile shows this is where I uh, started getting a lot more of my information was from some of the breeders that I had met at reptile shows and I decided that was where I was gonna get my first pair so I did get a pair and it worked out a lot better better. I had them all set up. I was really happy. And then that's when I, once they were established, that's when I decided, okay. And then I wanted to get more. And at this time I had had the pair for maybe six months before I got my next snake. So, you know, I, I was fairly confident that I was doing everything correct. I had their cages set up the way it needed to be. I was keeping the humidity the way it should be. And they were eating everything, eating and everything. And it, it was great. I loved them so much. Uh, the female's name was Lucille after Lucille Ball. I think I mentioned that in my intro. And I didn't name the male because I couldn't think of a good name. But in retrospect, I probably just could have named him Ricky. <laughs> but I didn't. And he just remained snake. I did not name him, but I did name Lucille. And so uh, unfortunately, the male did end up passing away. I'm not sure how. I think it had something to do with the food and I don't know. It was just, it was really, really... <sighs> I mean, he was healthy, he was eating, there wasn't anything wrong with his weight. And then I don't, I don't really know what happened. It was almost like the rat wasn't dead all the way when he ate it. I don't really know how to explain it because his side had messed up a little bit and it was just a really bad situation. And unfortunately, he was one of the ones that would not take frozen thaw. And so I had to feed him live. And I don't know, I just, I really don't know what happened. He didn't like to be watched while he was eating. So I left him alone and he seemed okay when I came back he had got the rat down and then the next day he was dead so I, I don't really know exactly 
how that happened. And I felt horrible again because, you know, I, I felt like I had failed him. And since then, I've not had any of those problems. So I really feel like that was just the biggest fluke ever. And I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know why. It was a very devastating moment for me as a um, snake keeper in and a pet keeper in general because I had never had so many problems with my pets before. Any of them. Yeah, even with my bearded dragons, I never had any problems with them. It was just seemed to be my luck with snakes and it was just a one-off unfortunately it was something I had to deal with and I had to process in my own time and realize stuff can happen bad stuff can happen and that was when the reality of keeping snakes really hit me because I'd been doing so well and there are just sometimes things that are out of your control that you don't you know you don't have any way of knowing that is going to happen and so of course I grieved over it because these were my babies you know I had raised them from babies and I think I had had him for a year when that happened so you know I had a whole year to bond with him and then I lost him so it, it was just one of those things that you really have to process and you really have to accept that sometimes bad things happen even when you try to do the best for your animals occasionally it just it seems like it's not enough and you can blame yourself and you can hate yourself but it doesn't change what happened and all you can do is continue to try to do better so that's what I did and um, I ended up uh, obviously getting more snakes and I, they did really well I had no more problems after that. Like I said, they were all really healthy, really well taken care of. One of the snakes that I had picked up, I, th I don't think they were expecting him to live, but he did really well under my care and he grew into adulthood and he was completely healthy. So like I said, sometimes you just have to suck it up and keep going and know that you're gonna make a mistake or two. There's gonna be things that are gonna happen that are out of your control. And that's what happened with me. And I actually am kind of happy that it happened and I know that sounds weird but I feel like if I hadn't made a mistake I wouldn't be able to learn from it not that I'm purposely trying to make mistakes but you do in certain things if you don't mess up or nothing bad happens to you you don't really learn you don't think about learning so like I actually dug deeper into it to try to do a little bit more research and like I said sometimes it just comes up that stuff just happens if you didn't witness it it's really hard to say you know both the rat and the snake at that time were dead so I can't tell you you know, if it was the fact that it wasn't completely dead when he ate it, or if there was something else that happened when he ate it, but you move on and you learn. So that's what I did. That's how I've been doing it. I've not had any other problems since, and I've forgiven myself for that incident, but I wanted to share it because I feel like sometimes, you know, people just think that keeping pets is all rainbows, butterflies, and chocolate, whatever. It's great. Pets are wonderful, and snakes are wonderful, but there is not always a good side to it. Sometimes bad things happen, and I wanted people to know that about me. Bad things have happened to me, and that's how I learned from them, and I have now, I have four snakes, and they are all happy, healthy, beautiful creatures that are doing very well, and actually just completed their first meal with me, and are starting to shed and I couldn't be any happier with them. They are all, they all came from a reputable establishment. So I'm very confident in their health when they came to me. And anyway, uh, that's, that's about me. That's how I became a reptile keeper. That's some of the bad experiences that I've had. I could probably go on for hours about that, but I, uh, you know, it just, <laughs> it would just kind of, you know, be me repeating the same thing 
thing about getting diff- getting a snake, how I took care of it, and all of that. And I, I think you understand just from that little bit that I have experienced bad things, but I also learned from those mistakes and those experiences just like anybody would or any responsible pet owner would. And I've grown since then, and I fully enjoy the snake now. I am not terrified of them anymore. And they are wonderful creatures that I think people strongly misunderstand. (laughs) Some people are so terrified of them that just by looking at them, they freak out. And I always feel like there's this thing where if you don't know about something, you're going to fear it. And so I feel like people should educate themselves more. That way you can fear it less and respect it more. I know there's there are some people that say, oh, you should fear and respect this animal. I don't believe that fear and respect have to go hand in hand. They can. I mean, don't get me wrong. They can. But I no longer fear them. I respect them. I understand what they're about, so I don't have to fear them. But I do know that I have to to treat them as the creature that they are. They are not people. They are snakes. And as much as we like to, you know, kind of project human traits to animals, we do it a lot when we say, oh, they're such a cute, you know, such a cute little noodle and we'll talk to them and all of that. And that's fine. You know, as long as you remember this is a living, breathing creature that does not function like a human at all. They have their own way of doing things. They act on a lot of instinct. They don't, I don't even know if snakes really have emotion, to be honest. I don't think that's even a thing for a snake. So we like to say oh look they're doing this and like we we go oh he's telling me this well that's all cute and everything and we like to make it sound like that but I don't really think they have those emotions you have to remember it's a snake I guess that's the bottom line is you are dealing with a snake not a person and you have to understand how a snake functions in order to properly care for it and in order to not be afraid of it but to respect that that's what that snake needs and like with vipers and venomous creatures I'm not afraid of them because I understand that a lot of what they do is out of instinct if they're afraid, if they want food. So I will respect them and I will not go near them uh, just because I don't want to risk getting bit by something that's venomous. And that's just a personal preference. There are a lot of people that like to work with venomous snakes. I am not one of them just because I don't want to take that risk. And that is a very big risk to take. So if that's your thing, just remember that is a risk. It is possible to get bit. Some of them can kill you if you don't have the proper care given to you within a certain amount of time. So anyway, back to what I was saying, I'm going to go over a little bit of why I chose the ball python and I'll tell you a little bit about them in general. But I chose the ball python because they are, they're a very docile snake. They're very beginner friendly. They have many beautiful morphs so you can get pretty much any pattern, color. I mean, they're, they are gorgeous. Now that's not to say that the normals, the normal wild type is not beautiful because I think that even the simple morphs, even the normal, even the just the regular pastel morph are gorgeous in their own right. I don't think you can properly appreciate all of the morphs that came after those if you don't fully appreciate where those morphs came from, like the normal type. And they are gorgeous. They're works of art of nature. I mean, they're they're just beautiful. And the normal type, it's like a camouflage, you know, just like anything will develop a certain pattern to help where it lives. And ball pythons originally came from 
from Africa, and they hang out a lot in termite mounds, and then they'd go out at night and they would hunt, and uh, they developed that pattern and coloration just to kind of help them blend into their environment, and it is a beautiful pattern and coloration. And so, like I said, they're very docile, they're very beautiful, they're fairly easy to keep in captivity. I mean, they're a very hardy snake, <laughs> despite my earlier uh, description of my mishaps, which are unfortunate, but... They are very forgiving snakes in most instances, I will say that. So like if you don't have the correct humidity right away, but you figure out you don't have the correct humidity and you correct it, they're probably going to be okay as opposed to another, say, tropical species that needs the proper humidity levels all the time or you're going to have some problems with that snake. So for these guys, the they're not very large either. I do want to point that out. They don't get very large, not by a snake standards anyway. Males typically well, two to three feet as adults, possibly four if you have a pretty big male. Females typically up to four feet, possibly five feet, maybe even six as a really rare instance. I'm not really, I've, I've seen a really big ball python before, but I never asked how big she was. But it's very rare that that happens. They are, they're very small in size. So when you get them, if you get it as a juvenile, you could keep it in a 20 to 40 gallon tank or tub and you could get a 40 plus gallon tank or tub for an adult female. I think a 40 for an adult male would be completely suitable just because they don't get as big as females. And as a juvenile, I would start them off personally with a smaller enclosure to give them a little bit more security. But you can, if you want, start them off with a bigger, you know, a 40 gallon tub or tank. If you wanted to, just make sure you give them a lot of places to hide so that they feel secure just because everything is bigger than them and they want to feel secure and they hide. And that's what they do. I mean, that's their nature. The ball python nature is to hide and then hunt at night. Now, that's I'm not saying they're going to be in their hide all the time, but during the day, probably. They're, again, they're nocturnal. So they'll go out and they'll hunt at night and they'll be most active at night. So if you want to view them and say you want to keep them in a glass tank, you're going to see them moving around a heck of a lot more at night than you are during the day. Now for heating, it's pretty simple. You can use an overhead light if you're using a glass tank. It doesn't have to be a UV light because they don't really bask, but you kind of want the heat. So you want one side of the tank to be heated. You could either use overhead light or you could use a heating pad under the tank. Now, if you do use a heating pad under the tank, it is highly suggested that you use a thermostat to regulate temperature. It will have a thermometer with it to actually help you regulate that temperature so that it knows when to decrease or increase the heat because they can overheat and they can burn your snake and you do not want that to happen, obviously. So definitely, even if you're using, say, heat tape, use a thermostat so you can regulate the temperature of the heat tape and you don't really want it to be more than 90 degrees on the hot side of the tank. And then you want the other side of the tank to remain cool so that they can go back and forth to regulate their body temperature. And you want to give them a water dish. You know, they need fresh water. So I would say give them a, wa a water dish big enough for them to be able to soak in and then also heavy enough so that they won't constantly be knocking it over. And you can use anything really as long as it's, you know, pet safe, big enough. 
So I use, I have, actually I have two stainless steel bowls for two of my snakes right now. That's what I use. They can crawl in it. It doesn't get too hot because again, it's not underneath the heat. It's over on the other side of the tank and they can just crawl in it, get their water, take a drink, soak, whatever they want to do. So you can, you can use stuff like that. Just make sure it's a heavier bowl so that they don't continuously tip it over. But again, you don't want to keep the bowl on the warm side of the tank because you don't want it to constantly evaporate too much and cause too much humidity because too much humidity for your ball python can cause a lot of respiratory problems and you don't want that to happen which brings me to substrate now some people will like to use certain substrates I personally just use newspaper now yes I have to clean it a lot more often because it's a lot less forgiving and a lot less absorbent than other substrate but you could use aspen fibers that's kind of a nice dry substrate that doesn't hold too much moisture because again you don't want the humidity to be too high they are not a tropical creature so you don't really want them sitting around on wet substrate all the time because then they can develop what's called scale rot and it's just not good don't do it and you want to provide them with another hide on the cool side of the tank you know just to give them places warm side to hide in cool side to hide in let them pick and choose they are fairly simple creatures to be honest and you can make your tank as elaborate or not as elaborate as you want so if you want something that's very visually appealing you can do that you can they have plenty of options for you to make it look like a jungle if you wanted to but I don't I just give them the basics of what they want and they're happy with it I'm happy with it I use recycled boxes recycled tubs for hides they're cool with it I don't need anything terribly fancy that's not you know they're there they don't care what it looks like as long as it's functional and healthy for them to be around so they're pretty easy to take care of they really are they're not difficult creatures they're very forgiving so that's part of the reason why I chose them as well because they are very easy to care for that does not mean that you can set them and forget them you should be giving them fresh water I would say I do it daily to every other day personally but just because it makes me go in check their cages check their substrate which is the newspaper and I interact with them on a daily basis I always interact with my snakes at least for 15 minutes now if you are a bigger breeder obviously if you're a breeder and you have a bigger batch of snakes and I'm talking racks and racks full of snakes you're not going to be able to, to interact with them like that on a regular basis I have four right now so I can interact with them daily and for as long as I want really and that's cool for me it works because they are my pets they will eventually be breeders I will eventually be doing a breeding project with these guys but yeah that's why I choose them they're they're a great beginner they're great for people that are experienced anyway because they are so easy to handle they are so easy to take care of they make wonderful pets for anybody really I mean small children you might want to be careful with mainly because small children don't necessarily know how to take care of animals anyway and are a little bit rough or they can be very rough with animals of any type and of course ball pythons while they are more likely to ball up which is where they get their name they will put themselves into a ball when they feel threatened they still can bite and little children and animals that bite don't mix well not always just you know but for older children to adults as long as you do your research and you are ready for that kind of responsibility ball pythons make great pets and like I said it's really up to you you can use a tub or a tank I know there's some back and forth about which one is better which one is worse I've used both I currently have custom made tanks the heating element is actually inside of the tank if you go to my YouTube channel I will eventually be showing you the enclosures we're 
currently creating a table for them to all sit on and the, t the tanks that I have are stackable so they will be stacked one on top of the other and they'll be setting on a custom table that we're making for them to get them all in one area so it'll be a lot more organized once I do that but my YouTube channel you can go over there and see that my screen name over there is just Valtheria V-A-H-L-T-H-E-R-I-A and if you have any other questions or comments about ball pythons feel free to ask if I don't know I will look it up and I will try to give you the best answer I can I can also give you some suggestions on different YouTube channels that I feel explains ball pythons and other reptiles very well and their care very well so if that's something else you're interested in if you've never had a snake and you're looking into getting them I would highly suggest a ball python I mean they are they are just great great snakes there are other wonderful snakes corn snakes are another good starter snake and there are a lot of videos out there about corn snakes I've never owned a corn snake I eventually do want to and that will be a future project but for right now I have four ball pythons that currently are mine and a Dumeril's boa that I am currently co-parenting for a friend right now because I'm keeping him until he can put him into his house so I have four ball pythons and a Dumeril's boa in my house right now and I love them all I love them all very very much they are great pets and as long as you respect them for what they are and you realize that they are snakes you know they're they're great and I kind of want to mention feeding as well as a big issue with snakes I may actually just make my next episode strictly about feeding ball pythons. So that way we can talk about the differences between live and frozen thawed and how picky they are. And because ball pythons are notoriously picky eaters. That is a, the one thing I will say about them. They, they can be very picky eaters. However, there are ways to manage that. And I think we'll do that. I think the next episode will be about ball python feeding. So that way we can cover that all in one episode because there's just a little bit more to that than just the very basic care that I've gone over in this episode. So I want to thank you all for listening and I hope you all have a fantastic day. Thank you very much. Bye.